0: Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. 2013 yo. (laughs) Zen Parenting Radio yo.
1: Todd's trying to be Schmidt from New Girl.
0: Anybody who doesn't watch New Girl (laughs) should start watching New Girl (laughs) just because it's an awesome show. Um, Three topics or two topics maybe three and the tournament of bad.
1: Right two topics first one being
0: a David Brooks article. No
1: that's not the first one. Remember didn't we just discuss That's the first tease. What?
0: That's the tease. You tease them with what's coming after the first thing.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: We're inversing the the order.
1: Okay. Well, I thought we just discussed that the first one had more That's the pull. first thing we're
0: going to talk about, but we're teasing the show. Okay. Okay, go. David Brooks article <laughs> that talks about some dad from Britain who basically called his uh, adult Family, his adult offspring out saying they're a bunch of lazy bums.
1: Yes, so that's kind of an old article, but it's worth revisiting. It's because, from November 26th. Yeah, and we'll repost it um, because the discussion is worth revisiting. And then the other thing we're going to discuss, which I thought we were going to talk about first. Thing. The next thing. is um, about three ways to make your child's year brighter and lighter you and better.
0: You light up my, up my life. life. You bring me home. No, I don't
1: know if that's the word. To
0: understand
1: No, that's definitely not the words
0: That should be the that's, words. That's
1: a Debbie Boone song that I think was popular when is I was Debbie in first Boone, grade.
0: Is she alive?
1: I think so. Yeah, she was on Oprah a year or two ago. And is she she's the sang same that one that it says
0: don't it make my brown eyes. No,
1: That's uh Crystal Gale, isn't it?
0: Same thing. It's old 70s ladies.
1: No, who sang Don't It Make My Brown Eyes? I think that was Crystal Gale.
0: Pat Boone.
1: Do you know that Crystal Gale? Debbie Boone. Was is married. Pat, is Pat a Pat boy? Pat Boone, or? I think, was her dad.
0: So Pat's a boy.
1: Yeah. Crystal Gale was married to the guy who sang Eddie, whatever. I love a rainy isn't night. That, it's such a beautiful, beautiful sight. Eddie, I'm going to call him Eddie Grant, but that's. Eddie Bunny. Eddie, no, not Eddie Money. Um, Eddie Bunny. Eddie Bunny? Yes. It's not Eddie Bunny.
0: Or if it's not Eddie Bunny, it's Eddie... Eddie
1: Rabbit! There I you bet go. you were trying to rhyme with Eddie Money. I was messing with you. Um, okay, there's a lot of Eddies in our life. But any who. They were married, but he died. Eddie. Uh, Eddie Rabbit.
0: I know. Give me one their Eddie Rabbit song.
1: Uh, Just You and I by Crystal Gale and Eddie Rabbit.
0: There's another one that's popular.
1: Oh, okay. Well, let's go into these three things. Let's go into our
0: first partner, because it's 2013. Okay, all right. Helping hands maid service. Nothing is better about New Year's resolutions than getting your house clean on a monthly basis.
1: I know, and they're coming in the next couple of days, and I'm really excited, because my house is is not what I would call clean You're always today. excited
0: whenever they're about to come.
1: Well, I know, because I just like clean. Do you know
0: that clean I don't get so as clean. excited as you do?
1: I do know, because I don't think you can tell the difference as much as I can, because no. you don't look for the dirt like I do.
0: No. No, I know. it doesn't matter. Anyways, Helping Hands Maid Services six three zero five three zero one three two four. Why are you laughing? I
1: love that they're our partner, and you're saying it doesn't matter.
0: Well, they are our partner, but it matters more to you than to me.
1: Meaning, the uh, way put it to this sit. way:
0: my favorite character from Peanuts is
1: Pigpen. Pigpen. Okay, that's all you need. To all know. right, done. And
0: even though Pigpen Scene. didn't have much of a personality,
1: he didn't talk much. But he, when he was a ghost for Halloween. He, Charlie Brown said, Hey, Pig Pen. And he said, <laughs> and he said How'd you know it was me? <laughs> it's because there's dirt all around him. <clears throat> I love Pig Pen. I know you good. 630 530
0: 1324. Get the Zen Parenting discount, which means you get $25 off your first cleaning if you mention Zen Parenting when you so, call. So
1: please do that. If you're calling Helping Hands, just say Zen Parenting sent me. It helps you. You get a little discount and it helps us because then they know you're listening.
0: That's right. All right. Win-win. What are your light up my life moments? Okay,
1: three light up your children's life moments. So it's 2013, and I feel like parents are going into resolutions either for themselves or what they want to do for their kids, and they get very focused on what's lacking, you know? And so I was thinking about what are three things that parents could do this year? I'm actually going to talk about this on WGM this weekend. Saturday. Um, is the first one. Okay, so three things you can do to light up your child's life. The first one is ask them how they feel. Again, this is something we've talked about on the show, but I just want to kind of summarize these things. Your child is coming to you probably 10 times a day and saying, mom or dad, what do you think about this? Or mom and dad, which one should I choose? Or mom or dad, um, how should I proceed in whatever way? And a lot of times we answer that question for them. We give our opinion. We tell them what we think is best. We say, do this because this is the best decision. And we forget to just throw the question back at them and say, what do you think? Or the way I like to say it is, what do you feel?
0: So next time uh, they ask me for to get the milk out for cereal, I'm going to say, how do you feel about that?
1: No, that's asking you, that's saying, do me a favor. I'm saying when they come down and say, because it does drive me crazy when everyone's asking me to do something in the morning, that's what you're referring I to. I would say you do it. Well, sometimes we do. We say Like when the girls are sitting there and they say, hey, mom, go get me a spoon. I'm like, you know what? It's right there. And you guys can go ahead and get that for yourselves. And it's I'm not saying it in a mean way, but it's ridiculous for me to do that if they are completely able, And it's kind of, I'm going out of my way when it's simple for them. Right. Um, I always think about Michelle Obama because she always talks about that in interviews when she's talking about her parenting. It's the thing that she really wants to make sure her girls can do is do things for themselves. Become
0: self-sufficient.
1: Self-sufficiency. That's part of our job as a parent is to not do everything for our kids and to cater to them, but to say, to teach them how, or to expect them to do things for themselves. And we don't have to be mean or fear-ridden to do that, Mm. or we don't have to put fear on them. We can just say, hey, that's something you can do. And they may whine and gripe, but no, you can go ahead and get your own spoon. That's right. So- But that's kind of different.
0: I digress. Um,
1: It's important, but it's different. I'm talking about when your daughter comes down and says, you know, what should I wear to this thing? Um, You know, we're going to this party. What should I wear? Well, what do you think? What do you feel? Um, Or, Mom, I'm not sure. You know, your son comes in and says, I'm not sure if I want to do hockey this year or if I want to do basketball. What should I do? Well, what do you think? Mm -hmm. What do you feel? I like what do you feel better because think makes them, throws them up into their head where they start to process what everybody else thinks. And if you say, what do you feel? Then it throws them into their heart. Mm. So they go, so they tell you what they, what they really desire rather than what they think you want them to say.
0: So, um, didn't your friend Annie have a good technique for that? So like, if there's a question that needs to be asked, have them close their eyes, put their hands on their heart. You know, if it's a big, if it's something that's kind of a pivotal question. Yeah.
1: And actually I been trying to do this with the girls as much as possible, especially over the holidays because there's been so many choices as far as gifts and um, what we're going to do with the day. We don't have any structure. right? So it's been very focused around, you know, what do you think you should do? Put your hand on your heart. You know, you mm-hmm. already know. I say that to the girls a lot is... Um, you know, when they say, well, I just don't know what to do. I'm like, I I think you do know what to do. You're just, you're letting your brain confuse you. Just relax, put your hand on your heart and decide.
0: Well, one thing that we, the trap that I think we fall into and every other parent falls into is we, sometimes it's quicker and easier to do things for them, to Mm -hmm. make the decision for them. For sure. And it takes more patience and time to allow them to figure it out themselves.
1: Well, and it's the same thing for what we were saying before about getting the spoon. It's a lot easier sometimes. Because you're right next to the You're right next door. to it. Well, and sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. But it's a lot easier to then instead of deal with the whining, we say, I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. Or instead of deal with the fact that your child may be upset of some, about something, well, I'm not going to say that then. And here's the thing. Eventually, you're going to need to say it or you're going to need to do it. And if you keep trying to go for the path of the least resistance then then it's going to at some point cause an issue and in no way do i spend my whole day trying to figure out how to push my kids mm. in a way where i'm always going to have to deal with with you know some kind of chaos it's not that i'm doing that but in small ways every day i try to make sure that i'm following through with what i believe you know for example there's no reason that I should be making my daughter's bed if she knows how to do it. Every right. once in a while do I do it? You bet. Right. I mean, this is not I'm not like a hard line Yeah, you it's know gray. it's grey. It's grey. But at the same time, if she's mm-hmm. you know, if my daughter is like, Will you get me the milk and she's right there, she can do it. Or when we're sitting at the dinner table, I do this a lot, they'll say, Hey mom, go get me a glass of water and I'll say, You know what? We're already sitting. You go ahead and get yourself a glass or of water. Or sometimes
0: they'll even say it nicely. So even if they say it nicely it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Like sometimes guys gotta say, Would you please get me a towel? Yeah. No. You can go get it.
1: And and if you feel like, okay, but I want to acknowledge the way she asked. I love the way you asked. It was so kind. But you know what? You can go over there and get your own towel. I think the
0: odds of uh, me doing it for them are reduced drastically if they don't use their manners when they ask.
1: True, true. And that's The nicer they
0: ask, the the more likely I am to help them out.
1: And, you know, it depends on the child and where you are with this. Because maybe you are working on manners with your child. So your first stage of this is just like you said, making sure that they use their manners when they ask for something and then following through. Maybe the next step is they're using their manners, but then you empower them. And again, it's not about trying to get out of doing things for them. Your whole job is to empower them to do things for themselves. So it's a gift to every once in a while say, no, I know you can do that for yourself, or I know you can make that decision. And that's really what I'm talking about here is if when you're giving things back to your child not just in the doing, but in the making decisions. You're teaching them that they have the ability to do things on their own, to make their own choices, and that you trust them. Mm-hmm. See, that's the key is you're also reinforcing the fact that you trust their decision-making abilities. And if they come up with a decision that you're a little leery about, you can have that discussion and say, tell me how you got to that decision. Okay, let me tell you some you know, some concerns I have. So it doesn't mean that anything they say goes. It just means that you're giving them you're you're creating a discussion rather than telling them how to feel.
0: Well, and people who are listening have, um, you know, infants and mm-hmm. they also have teenagers. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to, you know, send a message that people, everybody can grab onto, which is impossible because every different stage of development requires a different amount of putting it back on them as you can. So I obviously the younger they are, the more you have to do for them. Of and then course. the older they are, you know, eventually you just want them to where you're not even involved. Right.
1: and every stage is different. You know, what I expect JC to do is different than what I expect Skylar to do, and what I expect Cameron to do is different than, you know, Skylar, and, and it's different. And sometimes the girls will say things like, why do I have to do that, but Skylar doesn't have oh, yeah. to, and I'll say we because she's five. We hear that she's all five. the time. Exactly. Or, you know, th- when you were five, I didn't ask you to do that either. Right. But they don't have that frame of reference. They're just, they're no, very black and we could just tell white. them that. Right, exactly. And then they
0: have to believe us.
1: So, again, just to like summarize, number, number one, one th- that's a one way to give them some joy is start telling Telling them you trust them by asking them how they feel about things.
0: There
1: you go. Um, number two is—I'm forgetting what number two I wrote it is. Down. Oh, I know what it is. No. Number two is pointing out what you think is beautiful. In you them. are. Thank you. You're welcome. In them, oh. and also all around. Like something that um, a real big gift we can give to our children is. Allowing them, reminding them, helping them see what is beautiful. We focus a lot on what's not beautiful. Oh, look at how awful that is, or look at your test score isn't high enough, or or look at your room is a mess, or your hair's not. You know, we're focusing a lot on negativity sometimes without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. But if we can make a goal this year to, or a resolution, or a reminder to point out what's beautiful in them, and not just physical appearance. I mean, like you were just talking about manners. Wow, I love the way you use your manners. That's really beautiful. Or I love the way you helped your sister or brother. That's really beautiful. Or, honey, look at the tree outside with the uh, snow on it. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. Look at the um, the squirrels playing. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, it, and people say, well, what do I point out? What isn't there to point out? Right. There's beauty everywhere.
0: Yeah, um, I would say that... Um, You said, isn't that beautiful? Maybe another way that I would frame it is, I think that that is beautiful.
1: Lovely. I think that's even better, actually.
0: Because I'm not, you know, I just remember my parents trying to tell me stuff. And whenever your parents tell you stuff, (laughs) you resist. So instead you say, I think that the way that tree is shaped is gorgeous.
1: I love that. I like that better than isn't that beautiful. Thank you. That's
0: why I'm the expert.
1: (laughs) The reason I like that language so much is because just like you said, isn't instead of trying to encourage them to think like you mm-hmm. you are expressing the way you think and then encouraging them to do the same
0: yeah a, hey i think that's tree that tree is beautiful you look outside tell me is which there, is your favorite yeah tree. is there anything out there that you think i is
1: like beautiful? that so much yes good
0: That's what I'm here for.
1: So, and I just think that's really great, especially in this time when, you know, as Todd and I talk about all the time, how the news tells them such negative things. And oftentimes in school, the feedback they may be getting is not great. Maybe from peers, it's not great. So can they have something in their life or somebody in their life that is showing them, demonstrating, Mm -hmm. paying attention to beauty Mm -hmm. um, so they remember that that's always around?
0: Well, and I remember reading in one of the parenting books back when I just first became a father and... uh, The parents of boys might disagree with this, but I remember, you know, there's all these books out there. It says how to be a father of a daughter. And obviously I got those books. And in the book, there was a message in there that said something to the effect of that. um, It's important to tell your kids that you love them, obviously, but they in the book, it said sometimes for daughters, it's important for you to tell them why you love them mm. like instead of saying I love you make, that might be enough for a typical boy mm-hmm. whereas a girl says I love the way you smile I love the way you're nice to your friends I mm-hmm. love the way like and this isn't exactly the second bullet point that you're saying but I'm just it kinda, is it's still
1: pointing out beauty it's a
0: little tangential off of that but the <clears> idea <throat> is instead of just telling it's important to tell your kids you love them but maybe take another step or two and tell them why you love them. What is right. it about them that is beautiful or good or whatever?
1: The phrase that I'm kind of hearing in my head that I say a lot to the kids, <clears throat> excuse me, is I love it when you do that. Mm-hmm. Like when they do something or when they laugh or when someone makes someone laugh or when they do this dance or when they're doing imaginary play and I'll walk by and i say, I love it when you do that. Mm-hmm. So it's very authentic, you know, and again, even though sometimes when you're first doing this, it doesn't feel very natural. The more you practice it, the more natural it becomes where you really find your voice. So instead of being like, okay, right now I'm going to go tell them they're looking beautiful. Maybe initially that how that's how it feels. But then you find your voice where it becomes a little more natural. Well, and
0: I, um, every night when the girls go to bed, I always give them a kiss. Usually they're asleep. Um, when I finally decide to go to sleep. Um, so, um, but before that, we put him to bed, and that's kind of my routine of when I, I say those kind of heartwarming mm-hmm. things. During the day, I get too busy, and... I get the chaos of my day gets the best of me. Mm-hmm. But that quiet time when they're about to go to sleep, because if it's in the middle of my day and their day, odds are I'm not getting their 100% attention. Whereas when it's bedtime, your kids are usually bored. Like mm-hmm. they want to go, they want your attention. They want
1: us to hang out. There. They want us to
0: hang out. They never want us to hang out with them in the middle of the day. Well, they do. Like they do lately, they do. man. They We've
1: been around the house a lot. They
0: are most attentive when they're bored. And mm-hmm. usually they are bored at bedtime. And that's when I try to do those special things where I tell them that I love them and how I love them and why I love them and all that stuff. So
1: You know, last night um, uh, for New Year's Eve... I was. I went into each of the girls' rooms and we were talking about, I asked them to tell me what their favorite part of 2012 was. And, you know, again, they don't really understand what the year was. Right, they don't, what, the they don't know the beginning and the, end. And the end. So each of their answers was pretty funny. Um, good funny. I mean, nothing bad, but it was just interesting to hear. And then I said, you know, what do you wish for this upcoming year? And basically they wanted more of the same of what they liked from this year, sure. which is great. Um, but I said, you know, what my wish for you is this year um, is that you just be content. Mm. And, um all three of, it. well, actually, JC said she knew what it meant, but Cameron and Skyler didn't really know what that word meant. You know, they said, oh, okay, and they, and I said, do you know what that means? No. And I just said, I just hope that you feel good about who you are and what you're doing. That's it. No matter what you're doing, I hope you feel good, and if you don't, I hope you listen to that. And that was it. There you go. You know, rather than, I hope, you know, anyway, yeah. it Nobody's felt good.
0: gift specifics, just well, give them an idea. Because who what's going to happen. Yeah, right.
1: You know, I liked that kind of... Uh, Vagueness. Vagueness. Don't be vague. Don't be vague. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway. So number three. Number three. Uh, I think one thing that can add a lot of light to your child's life this year is just laugh more. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I know we've said this on the show before, but when as a child, when you see your parents laugh it really takes a lot of weight off of you um, for several reasons. Number one, it makes you believe it's fun to see your parents laugh because you see them in this lighthearted, joyful way. Number two, it gives you permission to laugh and kind of just let go. And number three, it makes you feel like the world's okay. Mm -hmm. If my parents are laughing, the world must be okay because they really do watch us walk around a lot, very serious, moving from thing to thing. And so they start to integrate that everything in life is very serious. Mm -hmm. And it's not.
0: Well, and in a way, you being the parent, is their radar to the outside world. Exactly. And if you're always whining and moaning about how bad everything is, that's kind of their, you are the conduit the to the outside world.
1: Well, and even if you don't use the words, like say you don't even say, oh, things are bad, but you're constantly in a hurry, you constantly are stressed, and you're trying to move from thing to thing, then the energy you're bringing is that things are difficult. So someone might hear that and say, well, I never say that. Well, you may not say it, but if you're constantly busy, or if you always say to your you know, kids, oh, there's so much to do, or I'm so busy, then just like Todd just said, that becomes the way they believe the world works. And there's got to be time when you laugh, especially if you can laugh at yourself, or especially if you can... Really sit down and watch one of their shows and laugh. I mean, do you know how much the girls love it if they're watching iCarly and I sit down and think something's funny? Because mm-hmm. then they're like, "Oh my gosh, mom gets it, mom gets it." And
0: I'm the um, worst because I uh, nicknamed that show as garbage. I
1: know, and they they ask me that all the time. I've been meaning to tell you that. I'm glad you brought it up on the show. We I will we'll just have talks about what's your favorite this what's your favorite that and um, they'll say well you know Cameron said my favorite's iCarly and I said yeah it's a great show and you and she <laughs> said why does Dad always say it's junk that's the word she garbage
0: used. or junk one or the other
1: and I said he just says that because he's messing with you it's
0: because I as a forty year old man do not want to spend a minute of my time watching that silly show right but that. But I realize that maybe the ramifications of what I'm saying about the show that yes, they enjoy is they garbage, yeah. that might not be the best thing. So and I could probably is, improve on that.
1: The thing is, 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 you can say, I don't enjoy watching that the way you do, but I understand why you like it.
0: I think I have said, I used to watch these silly, these types of silly shows, silly shows. when I was little. And right. silly is a good word. Yeah, I guess Better so. than garbage or junk.
1: Yeah. And because like you just said, they carry it around. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, dad says this is junk, but I like it. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're not. Not really piecing that sentence together, but they question me why you don't like it.
0: So, summarize the three bullet points. Okay,
1: so number one, ask your children how they feel about things. Give, you know, reflect back to them that you trust their choices. Um, Two things number one, it'll take the ownership off of you, and number two, it'll teach your children to take responsibility for their own decisions and let them know that you believe in who they are. Number two, um, point out beauty in them, notice the beauty outside, and as Todd said, Instead of telling them or saying, that's beautiful, don't you think? Say instead, I think that's beautiful. So take responsibility for what you think is beautiful, but it gives them kind of that opening that there is beauty in the world. And when they're being bombarded with things that are negative, they know that there's more than that. And then number three, laugh more um, at yourself, at things, at each other, um, at shows, um, demonstrate that life doesn't have to be so serious. Yes, and
0: I tend to take on the more serious role. And when I'm lighthearted, the girls completely light up.
1: You know what? I was going to say to you right now. When we sat down to do the show, you are completely loose and light. That's right. Last time we sat down to do the show, do you remember when I said, "Are you okay?" Mm-hmm. And you're like, "I'm fine. What's the problem?" You feel different when you are in a lighthearted mood. Sure. Um, you're just you're even your body language is different. That's and right. I know I'm the same. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just you. But sometimes when I say to you, "Are you okay?" You really are okay okay, but the energy is so intense. Right. So I don't know how to, how do I say that to you when you're intense? How, what do I say? Say, what's your
0: problem? <laughs> bud. What's your problem, bud? <laughs> what is, is that from Back to the Future? I think
1: it's Fast Times at Ridgemont High, right? Yeah,
0: it's Fast Times. Nice job.
1: Spicoli. There's no party um, And me. then I
0: have to give, because we are the unauthorized promoter of the Oprah channel. And Super I, Soul. I did re-listen to that Marianne Williamson thing, and... It was a wonderful interview, but the one thing that we've talked about on the show that I feel is necessary to repeat is she talks about the news and how we're the – we uh, as parents, we are the conduit to the outside world. And if we're watching the news and that is affected and the, and the children get affected, and the news is not the news – Okay. Marianne Williamson, and I agree with so this. So
1: can I, before sure. you even finish that, you kind of went, stepped all over the place. You are talking about Oprah and her channel. So Marianne Williamson was on what show? Uh, I don't know. Okay. She was on Super Soul Sunday.
0: There you go. And then
1: she did an interview, and then go
0: ahead, finish. And she talked about the news and how it's toxic. Yeah. And we call it the news, but it's actually not yeah. news. What it is is...
1: It's a compilation of all the negativity that's occurring in the world. It
0: is a summary, summary of the worst events that happened that day.
1: Awesome. Summary of the worst events that happened that day.
0: Typically. Typically. I and mean, every now and again you get like... Uh, the good dog story the, or, yes, or the veteran but story. But typically it's... So it's not the news. And it's a disservice to the word news.
1: Mm-hmm. There's
0: other good news going on. Anyways, so that's That's
1: why book. I love the... One of my favorite... Probably my only news show that I love is 60 Minutes. Um, because even though there's some scary stories in there, I'm not in denial that they talk about some serious things. Mm-hmm. There's always a great story yeah, thrown in. the
0: third one is... The that, entertainment story. The one that's on, that we're going to watch tonight has Judd Apatow in it.
1: Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. And so I always love the third one. But there, there's even... I just feel like it's one of the last lines of true journalism. Mm-hmm. That and Frontline, which we've talked about, where yes. I can really... For the best of their knowledge, can rely on what they're well, offering. And
0: this la- the, one of the stories that I just listened to, it took them years to produce. Yes. Because it, they interviewed this lady who was a quadriplegic, and, and all this technology came about, and now she has actually has the ability. They put something in her brain that gives her the ability to th- think, and they, they, the made robot a, they made a robot. Yes. In. And all she has to do is think about raising her arm, and her arm raises. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. And Mm. they first interviewed the doctors who came up with this idea in 2008. Wow. And it's just coming out now, this show. Amazing.
1: Amazing. So we should probably talk about our second partner.
0: Uh, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, ChiroTree.com, 630-941-8733. You were there yesterday. We were,
1: and it was one of those things where we missed last week because of Christmas, mm-hmm. um, or a week or so ago, and we came in and Cameron was stuffy again. Yep. JC was not. She wasn't fully sick, but she wasn't 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting because you know we only missed about 10 days, and they both had symptoms, of, mm-hmm. and they got adjusted, and everyone today is... Good shape.
0: So if you love your kids, you'll call oh, Dr. Ta. Kelly.
1: That's awful.
0: And if you don't call Dr. <laughs> Kelly, then you don't love your kids.
1: Don't listen to him.
0: 630-941-8733.
1: Todd just likes to market heavily, if you can tell, or he likes to push things. That's
0: right. Push it. Um, so we don't have as much time as I was hoping for this last topic, so we might have to go into our oh, after for sure. show. Oh, for sure. So David Brooks wrote an article. Right. About this uh, dad who wrote an email.
1: So, first of all, David Brooks is from the...
0: Washington Post? I I think
1: it's New York Times. New
0: York Times, whatever.
1: Um, But he wrote this article, and our friend Chris Lozier sent it to Mm -hmm. us, just giving him a shout-out. And basically, it was about this guy who had children, I think three or four. Adult children. Adult children. And he, um, now that they're adults, he wrote them a kind of a scathing email or letter saying that they really didn't amount to much, that they were raising children and they were really worried about the children because his children, the yeah, children,
0: his, his, grandchildren. his
1: grandchildren, but he was telling his children that they basically had had no successes, no achievements. He was tired of watching them fail and that, that, that they better get their acts together if they really want to, you know, if, if, I think even maintain a relationship with him. I think he was saying May something well pretty be. harsh.
0: Yeah. Um, And the email caught fire. The
1: email caught fire because one of the daughters allowed it to go into the... Well, she put
0: it out there because she she was writing a book or something. But it basically fueled the fire for all of these parents who want... Are
1: annoyed at their kids. Who are annoyed
0: at their kids. Mm -hmm. Um, But what it... What it said in the beginning of the article was what, as far as the history that of this dad.
1: Well, and that's the thing is Todd and I just reread the article um, before we started because we read it a long time ago and we knew we really wanted to talk about it. But the the just just listen to this first paragraph and I know I get on your case about reading yeah. things. Double I'm sorry, standards. I know double standard. But it says, first of all, the column is called How People Change by David Brooks. Um, and it says, Nick Cruz was, by his own admission, a middling father. He enjoyed cuddling with his three kids, but he was frequently away on naval deployments and didn't stay in touch with them when they went off to boarding school. Hmm. Okay. That paragraph alone makes yeah. me go, what?
0: Well, it makes me wonder, well, it's not a shock to me to say that these kids had, a, had struggled are struggling through their adulthood. Yes. If the dad didn't keep in touch with them <laughs> when they were going to boarding school
1: i know and it seems crazy like okay military deployments uh, naval deployments that can't be right. helped that's his do? job you know he's in the military but then didn't stay in touch with them when they went off to boarding school now his oldest is 40 and he and in this article he's talking about the des- terrible decisions that if children, his children have made throughout their lives and he says something to the effect of he
0: says i bought into the fashionable philosophy fashionable philosophy of not interfering, letting the children find themselves. Now, what's interesting about that quote is people might misconstrue what we talk about allowing versus... Saying, okay, well you guys subscribe to the same thing that this guy does. That's like, right. But we're not subscribing to not staying in touch with your kids <laughs> when you send them off to boarding school.
1: Not interfering doesn't mean not being present or not being a support system. It means kind of like the number one thing that I talked about at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. allowing your children to make decisions. Okay, I want to go back to this visual because everything I the visual visual aids help me. One of my teachers really helped me with understanding how you're helping your kids visualize a balance beam, Mm -hmm. okay? And your child is walking on the balance beam. The balance beam is their life to walk on, okay? It's like their experience. You can't walk it for them. You can't put your foot there for them. But what you can do is stand on the side with their hands up, Mm -hmm. with your hands up. So not only do you feel good about being there as a support system, they see you, Mm -hmm. so they know you're there. And if they were to fall over, you could Gently help them back
0: up. What if they fall the other way? What well, if you're on the left side?
1: How about you be on the other side, I be on one side?
0: What if we're not in the same place at the same time?
1: Well, then. Am you're, I making you're, this difficult yes, on you? You're Sorry. getting too specific. What I'm trying to say is a visual is that's what it means to support, but then let your children walk their own walk. Right. So people get too black and white, and I think they try and read into quotes and just take their own belief system and stuff it in there. Right. Like, well, I didn't want to interfere, and this is what the decisions they made. And the truth is you can't not be present in your child's life and just say, well, I didn't interfere, and then expect them to have a positive relationship with you or expect them to make really great adult decisions. Right. If they didn't have... An adult role modeling, what that means. We're going
0: to have to table this to the after Okay. Show. Okay. Our last sponsor is Avid Company. 630-956-1800. They're having a New Year's special. Oh, I love their specials. Say Zen Parenting sent you, and they will treat you awfully special with a better estimate than they would have otherwise. Their
1: specials are special, and they treat you special. Let's give that one to Jeremy.
0: Yeah, we'll give it for free. Yeah.
1: We won't make him pay. No
0: charge. No charge. Um. So, yes. So, we're for those of you who don't listen to the show, we do a half hour, but then we talk... On the live version, but then we uh, talk afterwards. So- afterwards,
1: so if you're listening to the download or the podcast or iTunes, you're going to get more. But if you're listening live, we got to finish up here, and
0: then you can download the uh, podcast later and listen good. To the whole thing. So this is Todd saying farewell,
1: and this is Kathy Adams. Happy 2013.
0: Um so where were you with this David Brooks guy? I
1: don't know, I was kind of in flow, but I guess my point is is that like you said um, you know he and, and David Brooks was kind of taking what where David Brooks wanted to take this discussion in the article wasn't so much about the da- dad not being available or present, even though I thought that was the most glaring thing. Mm. It was that in the email that he wrote his children, he basically told them in many different ways that he was ashamed of them, right. and he made them feel bad right. and told them that every decision they had made has been poor. Really, right. I mean, when you read the article, you'll see. But then said, okay, now change. Mm-hmm. And David Brooks's point was people don't change when you shame them. Mm-hmm. People don't change when you point out everything that's wrong with Focusing them. Focusing on the negative. When you focus on the negative, it actually just allows people to kind of push away from you and because you don't see them. Mm-hmm. Even the most challenged person has light. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even some of the people that drive you crazy. There's light. That's actually what namaste, the word, means, is the light in me sees the light in you. Even if you're a challenging person, even if you have some struggles, even if you and I argue sometimes, I know there's light in you. You know, I see it. Um, maybe I don't experience it that much, but that letter to his kids was basically not a namaste kind of well, commentary.
0: I mean, the more I think about this guy's letter, it's, you know, he needs to take a lot of this responsibility. Right. It's so easy for him as a 60-year-old man, I don't know how old he is, to say, you screwed up and now I'm concerned about your, your my grandchildren. Yeah. You you need to take responsibility. Like, back when they used to say the, the whatever, the X generation. What are we? Are we the X generation? I think gener- we're
1: generation X.
0: Generation X. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, these kids are just so different. These mm-hmm. kids are just so lazy and these mm-hmm. kids are so complacent and like mm-hmm. all that. That may be true, but we it's are a true. product of... Our parents' ability prior. to right. bring us up. Right. And we got to take half of that, but our parents have to take half of that also. Right. And for this guy to point fingers at his adult kids, saying, you screwed up while well, at the same time he sends his kids to boarding school and not keeping in touch with them, I mean, I don't know who this guy is. Maybe he's the nicest guy in the world. And we're
1: only getting, we're uh, getting the small part of the story. Yeah,
0: we're getting half of it. Right. And he may have a whole different other half right. that we don't know about. Right. But from what David Brooks says in this article is— I, I, I call this guy out.
1: Well, and completely. here's my thing, because we always talk about mindfulness on this show. A lot of parents, um, you know, may hear this and say, well, the damage is done. So when you say take responsibility, Todd, what does that mean? And I guess my comment to that would be to feel guilt or shame yourself isn't going to help, okay? My comment to that would be what can you do today to rebuild that relationship, to support this person that you love? That's really where you want to put your energy. I mean, you may go through your own little guilt thing for a day or whatever hopefully not much longer but really the goal is what can you do now so he's saying what can I do now well I'm going to send him a scathing letter telling him I'm disappointed and ashamed of them I don't think that's going to change any behavior but if he was to send a letter saying listen I feel like we've lost touch I feel like from the experiences you're having that you've lost your way I'm wondering what I can do to support you at this point I know you're grown I know you can make your own decisions but I want you to know I love you and I believe in you and whatever I can do to help you I would love to and if there's anything I did in in our past that made you feel not good about yourself I want you to know that I apologize for that because I think you're beautiful and fantastic and the choices that you've made aren't really reflecting your true self
0: wow that was that was a mouthful and that's (laughs) old dogs, new tricks. Yeah. And is it possible for a guy to come to that enlightenment? Of course there is. But the odds are if he went his first 60 years parenting in the way he did, right. it's not very likely he's going to have the self-awareness to say whatever it is that you just said. Yeah. I don't know what I just said. It was good. We'll re-listen to it when we're done. But... Well,
1: I, what I'll say to this is, is well, I'll say to this is this. Okay. I was just emailing with my women's group about this. If Um, the whole concept that we talked about last week about the definition of insanity. If you think doing the same thing over and over again is going to get you a new result, it's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that environmental factors won't play a role where there may be some shift, Mm -hmm. but you can't expect that you're going to do the same thing, say the same thing, um, relate the same way, and then it's somehow going to change the outcome. You're basically like running into the same wall over and over again and getting a big bruise on your head. Like... Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to change something in you. Something's got to shift. It's something, either your behavior or the way you look at it. I mean, I'd say all of the above. Um, The way that you relate to that person, the way that you see the situation, something has to change or else you're not. So him, what he decided to do is get angry. Mm -hmm. So that's this first email, right? I don't know what the fallout is going to be from this or what the fallout has been. But the small shift is how can he... And like you said, you're right, Todd. I mean, I don't think he's gonna like, you know, Mm -hmm. draft a new letter saying, "Oh, sorry, how can I support you?" But I guess for those of us who are having these experiences in our life, to make make one small change and see what happens. Yeah, I really encourage you to when if you're frustrated in a certain situation. With your children, with your spouse. And sometimes the change
0: could be outwards, like an action. Sure. Or it could be just an an energy thought. Yes. Um, You know, once again, going back to this Marianne Williamson thing, she talks about, you know, if there's somebody that you're really mad at. Right. The um, advice that she has is she's into prayer. Other people might say meditate or have positive thoughts on. But she says, if there, let's say I did something really to harm you. Yeah. Her advice to you would be pray for me for 30 days every day. Yeah. And during the interview, Oprah's like, why would I want to pray for somebody that just harmed me? Right. And her advice was, well, it's it's," because Oprah's like, it's too hard. Why would I want to send positive thoughts to somebody who's doing me a a disservice? Mm -hmm. She's like, that's too hard. And Marianne's response was, what's hard is the anger and all this tension that you're caring to the situation that's hard that's even harder than, and that's harmful so if you are able to meditate on or positive thoughts or pray for this person then something's going to shift either you're going to shift or the person through the universal language of energy or whatever is going to shift one of those two things
1: or yeah either you're going to shift or you're just going to and this is shifting I guess but you're just going to see it differently Mm -hmm. and you may not care as much Mm -hmm. and you may be able to send them love and Mm -hmm. then they have that experience and then they send you love you just don't know how it's going to play out and I can't promise you or guarantee you anything except that what Todd just said praying for someone or apologizing to someone or forgiving someone or doing something that you quote unquote think is hard actually can change everything and
0: it could be easier because if you forgive that person then you're not you're, you're not, not carrying it. that anger everywhere
1: and so but the reason why this is so hard Todd is to people is because it's not really encouraged and so, a lot of people think of the word forgiveness as a giving up. They think as surrender as a giving up. They think it, it's a weakness, mm-hmm. and they don't see um, the the big picture. They don't see that they're really harming themselves when well, they
0: don't see the courage it takes or we the bravery. It's not they. Mm-hmm. I when I have a hard right. time forgiving somebody, I don't I, I don't see the courage it takes to do that.
1: Right. You know, I just heard. Uh, it was an old Soul Series radio, um, XM radio thing. And I think it was actually Wayne Dyer and he was saying, um, you know, if if you decide to focus your energy on, on revenge... Then you might as well dig two graves, mm-hmm. one for you, one for them. It gets another way of saying drinking the poison. Right? You know, it's a, it's another metaphor, mm-hmm. but it's the truth. If you really are, you know, people who are like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so mad at that person, I'll never forgive them. Well, I like am watching you deteriorate before my eyes. Then, or if it's that's... like
0: walking in quicksand. I mean, you just. It's it's all about affecting yourself, yeah, and not about that person. The person is probably oblivious to every negative thought they have for you
1: but that person has been taught the person who's saying well i'm just going to be angry at that person or i'm not going to forgive that person or i or let let's not even say that person that group of people mm-hmm. like you and i just watched lincoln mm-hmm. uh over break yeah. um very good by the way everybody you should see lincoln um but you know a lot of um uh racist mm-hmm. prejudice sure. um and how people don't like a group of people when they don't even know them Mm -hmm. and they don't even know what they're talking about Mm -hmm. and they're like you know putting a bunch of language and and um thoughts behind a group of people that they don't even know you can't and and when i say group of people you can't know a whole race right you can't know um you can't even know a whole family you know um and so i guess my point is is that it's such it's not truth Mm -hmm. it's completely made up wasted energy to protect yourself
0: yeah because it's the structure of your mind that thinks that this is what's going to help you help. survive.
1: Exactly, it's a protective, defensive mechanism, and it makes you look weak.
0: And it's a—it's an illusion. It's in, an
1: illusion.
0: In actuality, it is. But it—but it looks like it is structured.
1: And and what I do, what I love, is to surround myself with people who, um, you know, Todd is one of is probably the biggest person in my life who call me out on these things because obviously none of us do this perfectly where, you know, you'll be saying or annoyed at someone or annoyed by something. And even though it's good to hear someone out and let them, I fully believe in, um, inventing because sometimes you just need to say it and then it's over and it's done. But if there is a grievance that you're carrying or a forgiveness that you're not allowing to have someone say you're hurting yourself or don't let that person have power over you, or, you know, like, that's why I like to, be with other women who do that for me, or you know, good if teachers. I can help them with that. With that, yeah, good teachers, um, books that do that. I was just talking to um, a girlfriend of mine. I just told you the story about TV shows. I know a lot of the biggest shows out right now, especially the HBO series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, like Breaking Bad, and and what are some of the other ones? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, and just a lot of these shows that are really—I know they're critically acclaimed and they're really well done. I hear that. And even the sopranos. I know that's old. Mm. But really what the show is about is watching someone deteriorate and like become the worst of themselves. I can't deal with that. Like that even even that TV show kind of situation if it's the other way around where someone is becoming better, like they start low and mm. go through challenges and they're they're becoming better, I can deal with that.
0: You like good endings.
1: I like people to find themselves and mm. I can handle their lows. If they're going in the right direction, but from what I hear about like Breaking Bad, he's not going in the right direction. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I never read it, but or well, watched it, but
1: I'm I, guessing you're right. I read all my entertainment weeklies and everything, and I, you know, anyway, it just I can't. I, I just that just drains me, and I guess it's the same thing. That's entertainment, but in real life, is you want to have people who are trying to help you find the best of yourself. How's that? You started to you're you're losing
0: you're losing energy. It's uh, tournament of bad time. Okay, go ahead. Before I do tournament of bad, yeah. Um, I'm going to do a call to action to all our most loyal listeners who always listen to the end of the show. Okay. Um, If we catch you sharing uh, our podcast on their Facebook page, um, we're going to pick one out of the first 20 who does it, and we're going to send them either a t-shirt or a free book.
1: Oh, good. And either book that you want, you can choose. Either one
0: or a t-shirt. You get to decide. So we'll do- How many
1: t-shirts do we have left?
0: We got enough to send one. Okay. So- So
1: share our show, win a book or a t-shirt.
0: Yes. So make sure you do that. Okay. in um, a bad. I got four things here. I'm, let's I'm not do save four. That one. First thing, addresses. Okay. Like street addresses. Okay. Ours is, I'm not going to say no. what it yeah. is. yeah. <laughs> let's just say ours is 123 Main Street. Okay. Simple enough. That'd be nice. I can't stand it when um, there's an address that says 17 West, 17W, 5, 8 foot 2.
1: That's my parents have a new address. That's like that. what made
0: me think of it. We're Why? We're your parents' house because I don't like that. It's got to be number direction street, and then they put the direction in the middle of the numbers. Why? It drives me crazy. Why? Because on the GPS in your cars, sometimes you don't know.
1: It picked up my parents uh, though. Not in
0: the old car though. Oh, but
1: in the new car it did.
0: In the old car it doesn't do okay. that. Okay. So and my and it's always in the boonies. Where it shouldn't be hard to come up with a number system where you don't have to put a letter in the middle of the number.
1: Do you know one of my friends' parents lives at rural route one and that's all you have to write?
0: Yikes. <laughs> so addresses. I Anything love that. that has a letter in the middle of the numbers, no good. Okay. Number two. I
1: don't agree, but okay.
0: The way you put uh the way you decide to adjust the heat in the car. <laughs> okay. okay. So your car is smart enough to know say it's freezing cold out. You put on the heat. Okay. And you say, I want this temperature in this car to be 85, 85 even yeah. though it's seven degrees outside. Yeah. So it starts out really low. And the reason it starts out low is because it has no hot air to blow out. Okay. But what you do uh-huh. is you jack up the fan <laughs> to like six as if all of a sudden the car is going to create this hot air. I'm
1: ready for the hot so air So what to it's come doing
0: out. is blowing cold air on us. So I you're basically know. putting on air conditioning when it's seven degrees yeah. out.
1: I'm just ready for the hot air to come out.
0: But the car's not ready. And the car is smart enough to start slowly putting the heat on higher as the hot air is made available. But
1: I'm ready for it. To I know. Hot.
0: But the car's not. <laughs> and then the last one I'll save to the end because we're 44 oh,
1: minutes out. Oh, I like the hot air in the car. I get so cold So do I. Man.
0: I know you do. But, you know, what helps is not up. if you put the air conditioning on.
1: Okay, but I don't put the air conditioning but on. But it is air it.
0: conditioning. It's cold it, air. To you. No, it's cold air. You're, you're <laughs> jacking up cold air in a cold car. It
1: doesn't bother me, but I okay. I hear it should you. bother because hear you because
0: it's making the car colder.
1: Okay, so if you're in the front seat with me, I won't do that. But if you're not there, I'm going to keep doing that.
0: Yeah, okay. Keep putting on cold air. <laughs> okay. Good idea. I'm glad you listen.
1: Okay, I do listen.
0: You'd listen and you said no. You've got
1: to listen.
0: Um, I didn't
1: say no. I said it to you.
0: Happy New Year, everybody. Happy
1: New Year, 2013. Make it a good one.
0: Gobble, gobble.
1: No, that's Thanksgiving. Okay,
0: bye. Bye. Bye.